So a lot of people have asked me to help them with co-parenting, parallel parenting, things like that regarding their narcissist. And I have offered many different little bits of advice because I have a child with my narcissist. Well, I had a child that I gave birth to because I was with my narcissist, but in reality, I don't really consider him part of the whole deal. What it all comes down to, in my case, my narcissist just did a ghosting act on myself and the child. So I don't have a whole lot of experience with directly co-parenting with one. I did more of a single parent slash only parent with that child. Now, of course, my current husband did jump in and help. But what I have brought for you today is a special interview with someone you probably know who has his own YouTube channel, who is a father, and who is someone who really understands going through divorce with children. So that's what we're talking about today at QueenBeing.com. Get ready, I'm about to introduce you to him. Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. So if that sounds good to you, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. All right, here we go. I'm going to introduce you to Dad Surviving Divorce. Let's go. All right, everybody, I have for you a very special guest today. His name is Dwayne. He is from the channel that you've probably heard of called Dad Surviving Divorce. He has started a YouTube channel uh, May of last year. He was in a 22-year marriage with a narcissist, which was, according to him, a bit of a nightmare. Uh, although we had a good core group of friends, he had a few friends who were narcissists as well as we've all experienced. Now, in his job, he does a lot of one-on-one -on -one mentoring, so that led him to start his channel because he wanted to help other people who have been through the same kind of hell he's been through. And he said that when he first started the channel, he did not really find a whole lot of non-parents. Uh, he, he didn't find a whole lot of parents out there that were talking about how to parent, how to parent, co-parent with a narcissist during a divorce. So I thought this was really interesting and something that you all would be very interested in as well. So Dwayne, welcome to the channel. Oh, hi, Angie. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you. Uh, you've let, give me an opportunity to talk to your audience. My pleasure. And so Dwayne, I was hoping that Dwayne would tell his story today and kind of give us a little insight on what he's been through. So Dwayne, tell me about that marriage that you went through. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like as a typical, probably for most of your viewers as, as, as well, I mean, I came from a you know, family of origin that had a lot of problems. Now, at the time, I didn't really realize it. So when I met my, my wife at the time, which I was 19, it was a whirlwind romance, you know, all the love bombing and, and the mirroring and all that stuff happened. And, you know, I thought I found the one. So, you know, I committed. Um, everything was great for, you know, like about three or four months. And then things started to change. And I just figured, okay, well, that's just, that's just what happens, right? I mean, okay, you know, I was hoping it was going to be different, but this is what I've grown up with. This is whatever all my friends say happens. So this just must be normal. So I guess, you know, I love her. She loves me and, you know, we'll just press on. Yeah. And that, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, everyone who's gone through this realizes there's a lot of, a lot of red flags, right? So when you, when I look back, I can see all the different things that should have been, we're just screaming you know, what the real situation was. And I will also say, as it's very typical, she did tell me on multiple occasions who she really was. I just didn't want to believe it. So, I mean, to try to fast forward, it was a 22 year marriage. Actually, everything started falling apart about 21 years. And I was a dutiful supply source of supply. Now, I'm not saying that I was, you know, you know, the 
number one best guy in the world. You know, everyone has their issues, but I was devoted to the relationship. I thought fundamentally that we loved each other. What happened is, is towards the end, I mean, and it, it was a nightmare for the entire time. I mean, I was under, you know, I've always felt stressed. I always felt anxious. I always felt depressed. Um, it, it, she did an outstanding job of making it feel like it was all direct or it was all coming from me. I remember a lot of times I would look at her and go, wow, I am so lucky. I have such a, such a p person in my life. I'm like, you know, I mean, I'm such a mess and I'm a, you know, and I, I just, you know, just can't seem to get things right. But at least I have this wonderful person not realizing that I was being undermined on a regular basis. And anytime I would, it was like, she was controlling my happiness. Mm -hmm. If she was okay with me being happy, then I could be happy. And if I was happy and she decided that, no, that's enough, then, you know, something would happen. There would be some type of gaslighting or whatever. So I went through that for, um, we waited to have kids. So, I mean, you look at the marriage and if anyone's watched my channel, you know, it's like, wait a minute, you know, your kids, I mean, I have an 18 year old, uh, 18 year old, 16 year old, and an 11 year old who will be turning 12 here in a few weeks. Um, or in August, sorry, I got my months wrong. But um, so, you know, I waited, I was in the military. Uh, we, we met before I went into the Air Force. Um, didn't have kids until I got out of the Air Force. I think I just didn't want to be trapped. Um, and I was really worried from my own family about having kids. But so as is typical, you know, right after we got out, we had kind of a blow up. Some of the reasons I was like convincing myself to stay, I was just really tired of it. And at one point I'm like, you know what? It, 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 I can't deal with this crazy anymore. Now this is like probably like around year eight, maybe seven or eight. And I, um, we had had a conversation and I was like, you know what, fine. You know, you can just go back home if you need to, whatever. And everything changed. You can probably relate to this or at least a lot with a lot of your clients. Yep. You know, I mean, uh, the, the love bombing restarted again. Everything got better. I was like, Oh my God, we had this conversation. Everything is great. Um, we ended up, uh, you know, she got pregnant. We had our first child. He has a disability. I've talked about that on my channel. So, you know, in, in my mind, I was looking for those little breadcrumbs, those little nuggets to make me feel like this was great, right? Like I mentioned before, we dated a really short amount of time. Those relationships shouldn't, you know, statistically shouldn't last. You know, 22 year or, you know, towards the end, you know, 20 plus year marriage, that's a pretty good milestone. I mean, you know, once it's like, hey, you're over the hump. Right. Um, and, and I think like when, with my son, when that happened, you know, then we're focused on dealing with him and stuff like that. So a lot of the stuff was on the, put on the back burner and we're just focused on him. He almost didn't make it. He had cerebral palsy. So he had a, a level three bleed in the brain. I mean, when he was born, he was in the NICU for like a month. When they released him, I don't think they really thought he was going to survive. Um, it was not a good time, right? But so we made it through that. You know, and in my mind, I kept looking for situations where it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, we made it through the short, you know, the short courtship. We've, we've been married for a while. We waited to have kids. You know, we're waiting until year seven or eight to have kids. Our communication, I thought, was better not realizing that it was just her going back into the love bombing stage and stuff like that. So, but it just wasn't right, right? I mean, everything was just constant stress and, and just negativity and whatnot. We had, had, obviously, we had two more kids. And it wasn't until, um, and I'm just fast forward to the story, it wasn't until uh, I actually, what happened is, is I started feeling better. Um, I had met some different people who weren't really narcissists. My industry that I work in uh, with the military and then subsequently when I got out has a lot of those, what you would, most people say type A personalities. Type A has a real strong tendency to also be narcissists. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I was used to that environment. And I ended up meeting a buddy of mine who, um, who was the most positive, you know, uh, caring 
guy I've ever met, right? I mean, he really actually changed my life and everything started to change for me. And you can probably see where this is gonna, where this is gonna go. So I started feeling better, right? And everything started going great. I'm like, man, I have a great family. I have a great job. If my job goes away, I have an opportunity. I, me and my, this friend of mine, we're talking about even doing some businesses together. So everything was wonderful. I even ended up getting a promotion at work or technically a, yeah, promotion. Um, I went from running a small section to running a section of five uh, different major sections and um, everything was great. And then everything went to crap, right? And what happened is, is my ex, and just to clarify, she has never been diagnosed with any mental illness or personality disorder. So um, that's not a, a, you know, she's not been diagnosed with MPD or BPD or anything like that. But what I'll say is all the traits and all, all the characteristics she seems to fit and all the techniques seem to work. And I've developed a few techniques to help because of the, um, having kids and stuff. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, it was like everything fell apart, right? I mean, she found a way to undermine everything. And that was basically the beginning of the end. It was like a, a six month period where I just, I ran back down into my depression. I, I started feeling, you know, unsure about things again. And what happened is, you know, as it started progressing, we started going to marriage counseling, which was obviously ineffective, you know, because you can't, you know, they more, they're not open to, excuse me, to it. And the main catalyst was I, we were having a conversation one day and she said to me, you know, you don't even know who I am. And like I said earlier, they always tell you who they are. They, it's, it's weird that they're, they'll, you know, they'll almost come up to you and go, I'm going to punch you in. Not realistically, but they're, I, you know, I am this, you know, I am a, you know, I'm a horrible human being. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. You're fine. Right. We all, we always justify it or whatever. So she said that to me one day and she said, you know, you don't even know who I am. And I'm like, oh my God, she's right. So I took a step back and I looked at it and it's like, so the veil started, you know, started to to lift, the fog started to clear and I went through a transition. The first part of it was, oh crap, I now kind of understand because who I thought she was isn't who she is. But then I was like, you know what, that sucks, but I love her. She loves me. We have that basic fundamental, you know, baseline. So it'll be okay. And then I started questioning that. And what happened is I even actually, at one point I asked her, I'm like, do you, you know, do you care about me? Do you care about the relationship? First time, quick yes. You know, and then when I was trying to like action, you know, do the actions follow the words, right? I talk about that a lot on my channel. I'm sure you do too on yours. And um, it was like, they weren't lining up. And then when I asked again, it was like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. And I'm like, we've been married for 22 years. We have three kids. We have this whole life together and you're not sure. I mean, I get it if you're mad. I mean, I get it if you want to say, you know, you're a piece of crap, but I still love you, or I still care about you, or yes, this is important, but I'm mad at you. No. And that was it. I mean, the whole thing blew apart when I realized that I was living a lie. And at that time, I still didn't know about narcissism. I didn't know about personality disorders. I didn't know about any of this stuff. All I knew is that, oh my God, I'm living a lie. I can't do this anymore. I have, I deserve an opportunity to be happy or to at least not live in this chaos. Yeah. And then, you know, Anyway, so then from there, um, I mean, and you, I'm sure every your viewers can definitely relate to this, or they might even be going through this right now. Uh, it was a nightmare, right? I ha- even then I had my idea. Okay, she just doesn't want to be with me. She wants to be with someone else. Um, okay, fine. You know, we'll be able to co-parent. You know, I will wrap my head around the fact that she doesn't love me, um, but hopefully, you know, we have this experience. You know, they'll be it'll be fair. And then it then the the smear campaign started. Um, and basically what happened with that, and this will be very common for people as well. The first time the kids came over to the house, I had nothing in the house. 
we had a great time. We sat on the floor and ate. We played hide and seek in a big empty house. And, uh, you know, and everything was fine-ish when the kids went home and basically like, hey, everything. And I wasn't calling her for help or, you know, I mean, they weren't going back saying, you know, you know, it was horrible. Everything blew up. It was, and it, I got blindsided like most of you, you know, I mean, it was just very common in this situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I, it, it was a very dark time. I could not believe how somebody who I loved, I would have done anything for, for that period of time mm-hmm. in an instant, an instant could change. And it was like, I didn't even exist. I meant nothing. And anything from that 22 year period, or at the time it was 21 period, year period of marriage, was fair game to try to use to smear my, smear me to basically paint me as a horrible uh, father an abusive uh, abusive person um, and it was it was I couldn't believe it you know it was horrible absolutely yeah so what advice you know you said you have some techniques that you recommended that you developed regarding co-parenting and I'm really interested in those I think my viewers okay. will also be so tell me a little bit about that. So, I mean, everyone's familiar with gray rock and no contact, right? That's the staple of dealing with a narcissist. And if anybody has an opportunity, which means you don't have kids, that's exactly what you need to do. And it's a lot easier said than done. I mean, you, everyone knows that when you have kids, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. And so what I, and that's what the problem is. Like I, at one point I tried to go no contact. Now, fortunately for me, I was, you know, the, 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 by the time I had this epiphany of what I was dealing with, um, it was like two to three years into the divorce you know, custody was already set, all the court stuff was already done. So anybody just I want to say this, anybody who's actively going through a a litigation for divorce and trying to set up custody, no contact is not your friend, because your ex can use that to demonstrate that you are a problem. Mm -hmm. So what I've come up with is a technique called hybrid no contact, because you know, hey, that's a unique name. And it's where you take basically, I think a lot of people call it limited contact as well, but you take no contact and it's like, okay, what do I have to answer? What is, you know, whenever there is an interaction, what do, what really deserves a response? So that's the first thing. So typically like on my channel, I'll talk about is, you know, initially it's gray rock. If you have kids hybrid, no contact. And I have videos on that. And I've even done some live streams where I've actually gone through some emails, interactions with, um, with my ex and my thought process on, okay, this is the email. You can see the snarky comments. This is, you know, I, you know, and mm-hmm. what, you know, how, it, how it triggers you and what you want to do and what you should do. And then from that, I talk about, um, from hybrid, no contact. Cause once you get that foundation, it, things start to stabilize. Then you go into this absolute thinking and, and I know that, you know, we're not supposed to judge people and we're not supposed to, you know, basically say, I've decided that you're this, but I think it's really critical for people going through this, especially because at that time I was having this, the very typical problem where it's like, well, is she a narc? Am I the narc? You know, well, maybe it was okay. Maybe, you know, maybe the past wasn't bad. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I'm just exaggerating this to justify it in my head. And when you're going through that, and I'm probably sure you probably went through it as well in the beginning stages of yours, it drives you crazy. And it, yeah. and it just, it just amps up your stress and anxiety. So then what I talk about on that is absolute thinking, just the, uh, your ex is a narc. Doesn't matter if they've been diagnosed or whatever, they're a narc. If it comes up and you're like, but but we used to have such great times when we went to the beach. It's, it was, it's fake. It's an illusion. You know what I mean? It's just like you drive that self into your head. What happens is, is you get to the point and you, I'm, you're well aware of this. When you get to the point that you start doing that, when you have those moments where you start, you're having a bad day or whatever. And so that little voice in your head going, Oh, it was, you know, you know, maybe you're the problem. Maybe you're just overthinking it. Maybe you can do this, maybe this, maybe that. 
your, your new programming starts to override saying, no, it was, it's, it was a lie, it was an illusion, move on. And that's not easy. Yeah. And then from that, I talk about black hole thinking, um, which is like, look, they're a black hole. Because I have, and I'm sure you've had this as well. A lot of people say, you know, my, you know, my ex-husband is, is doing stuff with the kids that I don't appreciate. Unless it's you know, illegal, immoral, or there's a court order that says they can't do it, you, there's nothing you can do about it. Thinking about it and, and worrying about it and is going to kill, I mean, it's going to drive you insane. So you need to think of them as a black hole that whatever is happening, you don't see it, you don't hear it, you, it's like out of sight, out of mind. Um, and it's not easy to do. None of the, and you know this, none of these techniques are easy. They sound easy. I mean, no contact sounds easy, oh, but, but it's not because no contact just isn't responding to them or blocking them. No contact means you don't think about them. Right. You don't go back and, and look at your wedding pictures or you read old love letters or whatever. I mean, you don't, it's like no contact means you try to start erasing them out of your mind. Yes. So and then the black hole thinking is just where if, you know, they're taking the kids someplace you don't like, you know, they're t introducing them to people you don't, you wish they wouldn't, it, you don't have any control. Your right. best bet is to realize that pause and just not ruminate about it and take that energy and focus it on making your environment stable, your building a relationship with your kids mm -hmm. and trying to make a safe environment for your kids. Yep. So, I like to call it parallel parenting. <laughs> That's what I, yeah. I like to call it because literally I, you can't co-parent with a narcissist. You cannot. Do you agree? I do. And I had, a, I had, I, and I need to f remember or find who wrote this, but I had somebody, I did a, a video on uh, co-parenting because that's what people look for. And I was talking about parallel parenting and they said, it's not parallel parenting, it's counter parenting. And I'm Either like, way. Oh my God, that was perfect. But yeah, yeah. no, you're parallel parenting. You, yeah. you can, oh, and one thing I want to add on that is, you know, people in the early stages of this get into the mode where, you know, well, they're supposed to share information. You know, I'm supposed to get the report cards, like, you know, my situation, you know, she's supposed to send me report cards. Mm -hmm. Well, she won't, right? I mean, then you beat your head in the wall against the wall, like you're supposed to co-parent. Go around it. Yeah. You know, get your develop your relationships with your teachers, the doctors, um, and you know, ha just get the information some other way. And uh, it's it's tough, but if you try to force them to co-parent, you're going to, you know, bang your head against the wall and drive yourself insane. Totally true. I have another question for you. So, sure. with your children. Um, what do you do to help them not become narcissists while they're dealing with their narcissistic parent? That's a common question I get on my channel. So, and that's, that's a really great question. And what, um, it, cause it's tough, right? Because the, what you want to do and what people are, I think are drawn to do is to, to make the correlation with, you know, the other parent, you know, your mom or your dad does this and it's bad. You and I both know that's a horrible. Yep. I mean, you don't want to do that. What I've done, I've taken to is whenever, see, this is the problem is, is that the kids are going to um, model behavior. So inevitably they're going to do something because they're seeing it. Yes. Take those times. If it's directly with them, take those times to talk to them about that. And I've had that some situations I've been able to do that um, uh, with my, my middle daughter. Uh, Cause she, for a while there, it looked like it was, I was a little bit concerned about how that was going and her lack of empathy and whatnot and was able to have some really good conversations with her and her brother about you know the appropriate way to interact with people the appropriate way to treat people is it really good to put people down you know does it really help whenever you're trying to destroy someone else to make you feel better right. um, and, and conversely if there's some other type of incident that happens that there can be a teaching moment that doesn't directly correlate with the kids the kids will figure it out on their own 
it's tough because we want them to figure it out sooner and we want them to go, Oh my God, my other parents, a monster. And that's just, it isn't more than likely unless you're dealing with an overt nar narcissist, it's probably not going to happen because you know, overt's bad, right? I mean, they're, they're in the kid's face doing something and then you might have an opportunity where the kids are talking to you about it. But if it's covert and it's subtle, um, they'll figure it out, let them know, make sure your environment is as stable as possible. Try to model proper behavior in your environment, which can be really tough in the beginning stages of this, whenever you're stressed and you're worried and, and you're, you're worried that their accusations that everyone's going to believe and you're going to lose your kids and you know, all these horror stories that are being basically told to you are going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the way I've approached that. And, and it's tough. I mean, it's not an easy thing to do. And the hard part about it especially early on is when it's happening, it triggers you and makes you angry about the issues with the ex. Your kids don't understand that. And you, and it's, it's really tough. It's like an internal battle where you have to really control yourself and your composure mm -hmm. to be able to not validate what your ex is saying about you and not have your kids be confused thinking that they're still in the middle of both of you, which ultimately they still are. I mean, that's, it's right. just a reality. Right. And so I, I, I agree with that. And I think one of the most important things is even though we want to be like, your other parent is a freaking narcissist and they're terrible. We can't always do that. I mean, it depends on the no. child and the maturity level, but here's an interesting question for you. I had, um, and I've, I've answered this question in various ways, depending on the age of the child. I had a lady this morning in the live stream who had a five-year-old boy. And I would love if you would share your opinion as a father um, on how to deal with a five-year-old boy who is struggling with narcissistic tendencies because the father is not there at all. The father, he's modeling the father's behavior, I think, and not, he's not directly connecting. So I guess my point is, as a father, what would you suggest to this mother? Well, I'm, see, I, I think a lot of times um, women have, I mean, okay, men and women have their stereotypes. You know, uh, not, not always. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, the stereotype is the, the, the dad is the, uh, the, uh, the authoritative person and the mom is a nurturer now, but I mean, but typically that's the way the case, but, but not always the case, right. There are some, but, but here's the, yeah, here's the problem with that is you have to be both right. Same thing for me. I mean, I had to morph myself to where I could still have provide structure and kids need structure. Yes. Um, they'll fight on it. But I've noticed even in my situation, my kids were uh, a little bit, are a little bit older um, when all this happened. Um, the, um, they need that, they, they need both, right? They need you to provide them structure and stability and love and support. So, you know, it's tough because you have to set boundaries with your kids. You have to let them know that they have confines because it's like, it makes them feel like you, you care about them. Now, the other thing on, on this, I mean, the kids are going through a nightmare too, right? I mean, you know, I think a lot of times people forget that we live the nightmare, right? So we did our own adaptations to deal with it. And I know this doesn't necessarily relate to a five-year-old, but, but what I'm saying is, is that once we, once we realize what it is, it's like, it's clear. And sometimes we lose sight of our own struggle with what's going on. So, you know, her son is having issues trying to figure out, well, why is, um, I'm assuming if, uh, if, I don't know if he was, uh, I'd left or was, you know, like abandoned, you know, like, so did daddy leave me or, or, you know, that type of thing. What well, was the, the specific? She says he's, um, he's, he travels for work and goes abroad all the time and, but they're not together anymore, the mother and the father. So I guess he misses visits and stuff like this. Um, so I thought, you know, it's really sad. And I told her, my suggestion was to consider getting um, connected with like 
another strong, positive male in her life. Oh, absolutely. You know, to help him have a, a mentor, an uncle or a father or a brother or something, um, or even maybe the, the big brother program, you know, because this kid essentially, from what I can tell, doesn't really have a dad. There might be a father out no. there, but it's not a dad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have a whole thing where I think mom and dad, those are earned titles. So anyway. Oh yeah, no. Actually, that's a really good point. Yeah, I think that I think that's that's uh, some, and, and then just make sure that the kid's busy, right? I mean, you know, same thing I said. Uh, make sure that uh, okay, yeah. I mean, like you know, play groups, uh, you know, interaction. I mean, I think sports is probably a little young for that, but but something to where they have other things to occupy their mind and they're actually doing something constructive and building relationships and interacting with people. You got to be a little careful because if they're having problems they can lash out with the kid, you know, with our little friends and stuff like that. And that could be a little problematic, but, yeah. um, it, it, it's tough, you know, I mean, just that's, that's a tough one. Yeah, it is a tough one. And, and basically I told her the same kinds of things. And I know when my oldest son was five, he was able to get involved in certain stuff like, um, a gymnastics class, which sounds weird for a boy, but he did and soccer and stuff like that, depending on where you live. <laughs> that's you know, cool. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> he had a good time with it, but Anyway, so I guess my, my thing is I, I think we're on the same page there for the most part. And I, I liked what you said. Yeah, absolutely. That. Yeah. All right. So let me think, was there anything? Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you um, what inspired you. You know, I kind of talked about it at the beginning a little bit, but if you have any other details you'd like to share on what inspired you to start that channel, because I know you mentioned having had, having watched Richard Grannon and, and enjoying his stuff, but there was more. So, so what happened Oh, that's a, that's a really good question too. So, I mean, cause it's really weird if you think that, you know, as you, as you start to recover from this, why in the world would you want to talk about it? You know, right. almost every day. Right. <laughs> um, uh, which it does seem bizarre. I mean, and, and I can see sometimes where, you know, I mean, I get comments from people in, in, in the channel where they're like, you know, oh, it'll get better. And it's like, well, it is better. Um, but it's like, so basically what happened for me is when I was, and I was talking about or alluding to it earlier, when it first started, it was really bad. And had, you know, I, I felt looking back at her, even at the time, that had things gone, you know, just a little bit left or right, um, it could have been really, really bad. I mean, I could have lost my job or, you know, ex, you know just did something not great. Mm -hmm. Even something to myself, not great, right? And I was very, like I mentioned, I was very fortunate that it was like the universe was looking out for me. Um, you know, every time something really bad would happen, something would offset it. And so for, for me, I, even early on, I mean, as I started to understand what was going on, I was thinking, man, what, and initially, I mean, dad surviving divorce, I was primarily, and when I first started, I figured my channel would be a guy channel. I, I didn't realize until the first few months that it's a broader, you know, that I, I mean, I still, my subscribership base, our viewer base is like 60% uh, women, you know, over men. I mean, I have more women viewers than, than men viewers. Me too. And um, that was surprising. But yeah, I mean, I think all of us go through that too. It's like, you, you, it's really weird when you realize how, how broad, whether it's a man or a woman, the, the fundamental traits of a narcissist are basically the same. So what, so the, who doesn't have the people who pop up at the right time and are just, you know, they're circling, you know, their whole world is collapsing around them. They don't have good support because primarily unless you know somebody who has, uh, who understands narcissism and understands the issue, their advice is horrible. Just get over it. You know, 
you know, yeah. what are you worried about? Everyone gets, you know, every, you know, every guy loses all their money or every, you know, you, you know, weekend dad's just normal, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's not really good advice. It's just this more, just, just oppressive negativity. And I was thinking, if I could just find one person who's going through that and who's just, you know, their whole world is falling apart and maybe they could see, oh my God, this guy went through what I went through and he's made it through it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a lifeline, you know I mean? Yeah. So that was really the, the crux of it and the reason to do it. I mean, it seems crazy and it's just, and actually to, on that, it was one of those things where it kind of came up as an epiphany. Um, so I always knew I wanted to try to do something positive, like write a book or do something out of it. And it was like one day, it was like a flash of, of inspiration and it back like a little bit before May and I just, it's just, I started it and it's been over a year and I, I mean, and this just, and I'm sure you can relate to this every time, like every day or every other day, I'll get an email from somebody saying, oh my God, this is exactly my situation. I didn't, you know, I didn't realize it. I mean, yes. you know, thank you. Right. I mean, and it's like, okay, I'm, that's, that's the whole thing is to help somebody get through it, to help them realize they can have a life that they can rebuild the relationship with their kids, that they can, you know, they're not going to be stuck in this nightmare forever. It's going to take a while. This isn't, you know, this isn't something that you can fix overnight, right. which is not fair, but there's a lot of stuff on this that isn't fair. Agreed. But um, yeah, that was, that was really the catalyst for, for doing that. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, as we're getting ready to wrap up, are there any last minute pieces of advice or, you know, zingers you have to share with my audience today? Yeah, actually, what I'd like to, to leave with is anybody who's going through this, there's a couple of key things, to, you know, in the beginning stages, just because someone is throwing running a smear campaign against you doesn't mean that the accusations are true and doesn't mean that everyone's going to believe it doesn't mean if they if you know, it doesn't matter whether you're the mom or the dad as a as a target of a smear campaign, just because someone says you're a horrible mom, or you're a horrible dad doesn't mean that everyone's going to automatically believe it. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've made mistakes, then you need to start working to correct that. And the, the second thing is work to build that stable foundation for yourself and for your children, because that will pay off um, immensely. I, for me, I didn't, you know, in the beginning stages of that, I didn't do that. I brought a lot of that stress and anxiety into the house. Um, I made a lot of mistakes uh, by being triggered by my kids. Um, just even when they were being indirectly used or directly or indirectly used as pawns. Mm -hmm. And it just slowed everything down. The, the sooner you can stabilize yourself and provide a stable environment for your kids, their attitudes start getting better, their comfort level starts increasing. Um, yeah, there's still going to be issues and they're still going to love and want to love the other parent. That's, I mean, that's normal. Mm -hmm. um, but if you can do that from the beginning, you will set the stage that will make this entire process. It's still going to be painful, but it will make it the, the, the improvements quicker. Yeah. And less impact on your children overall. Negative impact. More positive impact. Absolutely. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. All right, everybody. Mm -hmm. We're getting ready. Yeah, you can't, unfortunately, we can't get around from... Oh, oh go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Tell me. No, I say, um, um, unfortunately, we can't get away from negative impacts to our kids. That's we, we can mitigate those impacts. It's tough, right? Because you, you, you want to think, okay, well, I can do all this stuff and it'll be like it didn't happen. There's no way to get around that this is happening. There is going to be an impact. 
our, our job and our, uh, what we can do is mitigate that, have our kids learn from it. And in some ways, I think our kids can be luckier because they, if we do this right, they can learn about this. They can learn about the appropriate way to be treated, the appropriate way to treat people, and what to set appropriate boundaries. So as they become adults and they start interacting with people, they don't get trapped in the, well, they, everyone can get trapped in the love bombing stages, but to be able to listen to those red flags, listen to those warning bells and act on them instead of saying, okay, well, everything is a mess. My whole life was a mess. So this is just normal. So, you know, it's just okay. So I, that, I, I mean, that. there is an impact, but we can do a lot to mitigate that. And I think another one of our big responsibilities is to actually boost their self-esteem to the point that they are strong and in themselves, but not narcissistic self-focus. You know what I mean? Like standards. Yeah. They need yeah. To no, absolutely. Standards. Yeah. Setting standards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very good. All right. So Absolutely. as we're getting ready to wrap up, let me remind right. everybody, please uh, subscribe to DSD's channel. I'm going to put the link for you right there. Okay. Hit them up. And any last words before I wrap up, Mr. DSD? No. I just thank you for taking the time to enter or talk with me. I appreciate it. And uh, I love what you do. Um, you are a beast. I can't believe how many videos you post. I, I do one live stream a week and I'm feeling good and you're doing you know multiple a day and tons of videos. I cannot keep up, but you, you have a, a tremendous resource for people and uh, you, you do great work, Angie. Well, thank you. And I love everything you do too. I've, I haven't seen all of your videos, but I have seen a few. And as you know, I popped into a live stream here and there and I think you're great. I think you yeah, have a wonderful cool. personality. People seem to really love you so i wanted to introduce you to my people as well so i'm so grateful that you came here and oh thank you very much i appreciate it my pleasure if you have questions for dad surviving divorce please leave them right here below and he will pop in and answer them all right that's all i've got for you right now have a wonderful day thanks so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life and thanks for letting me be a part of yours i'll see you soon it's my mission to teach others what i know to be true you really can create the life you want take care of your body Take care of your soul, nurture the real you, and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot, take it now, and the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together.